0: morning, church. How are you? So we begin this new series this week, and I'm really excited about it because there's so much in this that's in the DNA of who we are as a young church, right? It's not just in the name of the church, the Porch Community Church. If, if, you're, if you're a first-time visitor, we want you to know uh, we're so glad you're here. Uh, we hope this won't be the last time that you join us, but you need to know something about us. It, uh, we're, we're a little off. We're a little, little wacky. A little crazy, but one thing about us is that we believe that the community part is not just in the name. We believe it's who we are. We believe it's it's who we desire to be more 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 or less. It's who we desire to be in Christ. And and look, we talk about this word is thrown out a lot. Okay, and you've heard it from Shannon. You've heard it um, kind of in the verbiage. You've heard it in sermons. You've heard it in 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 advertisements, and and you've heard it in in social media. Platforms, but we want to break down what this thing community is all about. This morning, we want to break it down uh, so that you and I can understand fully what it is to be in Christ-centered community. This morning, look because it's we can it's it's kind of a, a Christianese type thing. Like we speak the Christian um, verbiage and we say Christ-centered community, and like people are like, "What are you talking about? What does that mean, Christ-centered community?" Well, it doesn't just mean going to church. It doesn't just mean attending, checking that box. It doesn't just mean being a member of a church. It doesn't even mean being baptized. What it means is, just like any community that we're a part of, it's the way we live our lives. It, it is a lifestyle more than it is just a word, a fancy term or a saying that we use and we want to break down what it means to be a part of community. What that word means is what is this community thing all about? is a great quote from Pastor Chris Surratt and um, um, C.J. Harp and I, uh, we talk about this a lot in the Wesley Foundation here in VSU. We. Uh, this is a, a, a phrase and a quote you'll hear often, but we believe in the power of what this phrase and what this quote means, okay? And here it is. He says, transformation, I I see lips moving like they're quoting it over here. Transformation best happens within the context of community. Transformation best happens within the context of community. The vehicle in which we grow and remain connected in our faith journey in every season of our lives is community. The vehicle in which we grow is community. Here's how Mr. Webster would define community. This is a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. Another definition says, a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. We want to fight the urge this morning to go it alone. Okay? Essentially what we're getting to this morning is we need each other. We are better together. Together is how we're going to do this thing. What we're going to do, we're going to do it together. You see, for me, you know, I think about this idea of community. and, And look, it's easy for someone like me who enjoys being around people. But what about you this morning? You may not be a people person. You may consider yourself kind of a loner, and you don't really like being around crowds too much. Even you, deep down, desire community. Even you desire community. Even you. Community is for all of us. Christ-centered community is where we, in every season of life, is where we're sustained by the grace of God. You see, when Jesus died for us, and He didn't stay dead, He was resurrected to, to new life, to life, and, and so were we. But that's not the end. You see, one of God's greatest graces, and one of His greatest gifts to us, is the gift of each other. Because even Jesus left this world at some point. And he said, look, I'm going, I'm going back to my father, but you're not going to be alone. I'm going to send someone in my place. And this kind of perplexed the disciples, and at first they were like, what? You can't leave us. There's nothing better than having Jesus in the flesh here on earth. There's nothing, what could be better than taking Jesus, having Jesus at the lunch table with you? What could be better than that? He says, quite simply, Christ with you is not near as good as Christ in you. So the Holy Spirit came. In Acts chapter 2, we have a a real clear picture of this this event, Pentecost event that happened, and the Holy Spirit, the one-time event of the Holy Spirit coming into the world and entering into the hearts, literally entering into the physical bodies of mankind. For the first and only time ever, the Holy Spirit was introduced. And this is what binds community together. Not a a set of attitudes or set of um, common interests. Because let me tell you, there ain't no community like football season community. It's football season, y'all. It's the most wonderful time of the year even God agrees I mean with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling it's just from the heavens like it's biblical you know man football season because let me tell you something you know where I'm going to be on Friday night in a stadium on that sideline with my boys and my people and on Saturday if I'm not in a stadium I'm going to be watching on TV and nothing is getting away the way of that. Nothing will get in the way of that. It is a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. You see, community, when it comes to the body of Christ, it should be, to me and to you, a non-negotiable. Community should be a non-negotiable for all of us. But it isn't. Most of the time, our our um, our schedule, our calendar, our travel ball schedule, our, our our game day schedule, our school workload, our family gatherings, and those are all great things, and I'm not discouraging them. But but I, I think what should happen in the church as we're transformed by being in a little bit of community we want more and more i think what should happen is a snowball effect when we get a little taste of christ-centered community what it can do in our lives i think we should desire more I, i know that i want more but my dang schedule gets in the way my social calendar gets in the way what are the non-negotiables in your life? I know what they are for me. I just told you. Hey, my, my, my calendar revolves around August to, to February, man. Football season, right on down to the Super Bowl. And then I, I'm like, dang, i got to wait to August again. I kind of go into a little funk, right? Like there's a hole in my life. My, my life, the non-negotiables in my life, aren't always Christ centered can I just can we just admit that this morning they're not always centered on Christ but this should be Christ centered community should be a non-negotiable in my life Acts chapter 2 this is the infancy of the church okay um, just a little background the, the beginning of Acts chapter 2 was the introduction of the Holy Spirit into the world right Pentecost and um, some weird things happened talking about earthquakes and winds and little, little flames of fire like matches on, on top of people's heads and people started speaking each other's languages even though they, they, didn't, they didn't learn them and things like that but down in the chapter the aftermath of the Holy Spirit coming is that the church was formed you see before then they had Jesus in common and they had the ideals of Jesus in common Kind of like us as casual churchgoers, right? I would say that the, 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 the Christian church in 2019 resembles the, the, the group of followers that Jesus had before the Holy Spirit came. We, Jesus, we all believe that Jesus is who he says he is, hopefully. And we all think Jesus was a great teacher and he taught some great things for us to hold on to. But it kind of stops there for us sometimes, right? It kind of just stops right there. Look, Jesus, I don't want to get too into this thing. I don't want to get in too deep because it's going to cramp my style, right? It's going, to, it's going to take my lifestyle and it's going to turn it on its head, and I'm going to be a different person. I don't really, I don't know if I want that or desire that yet. It's too much, too soon. But when we get a little taste of Christ centered community, we want more. Community is a non negotiable. This is what it says in Acts chapter 2. If you have a Bible, turn with me, Acts 2, 42 through 47. This is the template for what Christian community should look like. This is what it's set up to be. Guys, I got a little bit of feedback back there. My mic is really hot. Will you pull me down just a little bit? Thank you. I, don't, I want to put it right here, but I, I'm afraid we're going to have some unpleasant noises. Acts two forty-two through 47. Here it is. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, which we're going to share in today, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Some of you are nodding your heads like, "Yeah, I've done that. I'm, I'm, I'm doing life with people on the daily. We're going to lunch. We're having deep spiritual conversations. We're sharpening each other. We're, we're, we're." You know, helping each other in times of need. We're calling each other out when we need it. We're doing it in love, and, and all the while, God is stirring up something inside of us for more that kind of community. Is, is it is it hitting home yet? Because I'm telling you, all this whole week, I said, "Yeah." I, by default, I'm in Christ Center community all the time because I'm I'm a minister of the gospel. Like I'm I'm on I'm on staff at a church, so I, I can check that box. But uh, God showed me this week that just because that's a default posture of mine doesn't always check the box that I am living into Christ-centered community like I should. Because I can isolate myself. What about you? I can isolate myself. You see, where the devil wants you, where Satan wants you, is isolation. He wants you isolated. He wants... He wants uh, not just. Uh, let's take Sunday morning, our gathering on Sunday morning. These are special, it, and it's not just about. Well, everybody in South Georgia goes to church, so I mean, you know, you're going. Well, most everybody, you're going to be somewhere. It's not about that. It's not about that. But you know, we're so casual about how about our time with the Lord and each other. We say, you know, one you know one week ain't gonna hurt, and one week becomes a month, and two months, and six months. And Satan's like, I have isolated this individual. I've cut them off from Christ-centered community. And there's no way they're going to grow. They're going to be stagnant. They're going to be frustrated. They're going to be depressed. They're not going to find purpose and meaning in life because they're cut off from the body of Christ. Community is a non-negotiable. I want it to be a non-negotiable in my life. You know, our kids, and not just because it's what I do, but our kids show, show us the way here, adults. They show us what it means to dive and be all in in Christ-centered community, don't they? Our kids do because they're together all the time. It's not just that they're having fun. They are. Fun is a a humongous element of that, and the fellowship is fun. But they are sharpening each other, and they're meeting here at the church and other places, even without supervision, like even without me saying, hey, we're going to meet this time. They just want to be together, and it might turn into a Bible study. Imagine a bunch of 15, 16 year olds getting together because they want to and they want to study the Bible and they want to pray, they want to fellowship together they want to they sharpen each other and they want to be better at this thing want they want to walk this journey of faith together and what it does is it challenges me to live out Acts chapter 2 just like the early church did it goes on to say in verse 47, all the while they praised God and enjoyed the goodwill of all the people. And here's here's the kicker. Here's the end of this. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. See, community is not should not, not only be a non-negotiable in our lives. shouldn't be a, a, a thing that we decide to put on the calendar or not. But community also brings out that sense of awe and wonder that we had when we first first met Jesus. Okay, so I want you to think back to your childhood, or maybe even last year. Some of you, some some of us in here haven't known Jesus long, but think, or maybe you've known him all your life. And but I want you to think back to the moment, because there ha, there needs to be a moment. Now I'm not one of these that says you need to remember the date, or it ain't legit. I, I'm not. That's not me. I don't remember the date of when I when I met Jesus. I know where I was though. I'll never forget it. I was in my room. And I happened to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, and I got to that part down in the bottom where it says, Jesus died for me. It is a gift that I didn't earn. So therefore, it's not my own. It belongs to him. And he gave it freely. And I'm his workmanship. I'm his masterpiece created for Good works created for community We're, see God is a relational God I don't know if you figure that out God is a relational God so everything God does has community in mind everything God does everything Jesus said has community in mind community should bring out that sense of awe and wonder that I had when I first met Jesus I want you to think back to the day that you met Jesus I want you to think back to that day that you first met Jesus okay And what happens in Christ-centered communities as we do life together, listen, as we do life together, uh, the the conversation and the prayer and the tears and the laughter, all that mixed up together and the time spent over a dinner table or a lunch table, all that mixed together, what what it does, it it provides and it it has the purpose of making us more like Jesus, which is why we're here. But what happens is, is Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be the, the tie that binds but another great gift is the gift of each other. See, community should bring out the sense of awe and wonder that I first had when I met Christ. Verse 43 says, A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs. Community should also be where we find our belonging. right? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of inherent in the name, community. Verse forty four says, "All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They worshipped together in the temple each day, not just on Sunday, which is it's odd. I mean, we obviously we can't really do that, but the desire was there. People, you see what I'm saying? Like, you see what I'm see where I'm going? Like, this is not just a Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night deal. We do life together, regardless if it's in worship on Sunday morning or uh, at the at the lunch table." On twelve noon, at twelve noon on Monday, it doesn't matter where we're doing life together. It says they worship together in the temple each day. Verse forty-six: met in the in homes for the Lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Communities where we find our belonging. Um, anybody ever struggled with belonging, fitting in somewhere? Confession time. If you haven't. You skipped right through middle school. You just kind of zoned out there for three years. But even the popular kids struggle in middle school. Am I right? Something happened in my middle school years. I mean, it was traumatic to me, but I spent the first uh, five grades uh, of, of school in, in, in Ben Hill County Schools, which is in Fitzgerald, Georgia alright, but I grew up in Irwin County, alright and all my friends went to Irwin County Schools and I was kind of, you know, but I had you know, my school friends since kindergarten in, in, my, in, the, in the Ben Hill School System well, after enough like you know, coaxing from my Irwin County friends, I decided to, to jump school systems and um, go to Irwin County for six, starting 6th grade in a new school can it be any more awkward or alienating than that so I'm walking the halls I knew people I knew the kids I grew up with them in the neighborhood and stuff because I just knew all the, the. but listen if you're not in from the beginning y'all know in this town it's the same if you're not in from the beginning you're not getting in it's harsh especially in middle school if you're not in from the, from the cradle you have a hard time getting in And I saw people come in, move into our hometown temporarily. You know, nobody really moves to (laughs) Osceola. But occasionally we'd see like someone from the north move into our town and start going to school and they talk funny. And they they might as well have been aliens from another planet. It's harsh. They weren't getting in. The only way they were getting in is they played sports, they were good athletes. Man, you're in then. And my saving grace, and I thank God for this, the only reason I had any kind of end whatsoever with community in, in, in my new school was that I played sports. If I'd just been, you know, somebody that just liked to be in a room and, and, and read or, or, you know, I did math all the time, like, if I just didn't get out and do anything, I, I'd have been messed up. Who knows what my life would be like now because that molds and shapes you community shapes you you see what I'm saying community shapes you and without it you are you are lost without it you are in no man's land like God God's greatest gift to us is community is each other besides the Holy Spirit himself each other we have the gift of each other community is where we find our belonging community also replicates itself over and over and over. It multiplies. That last verse is the key. Verse 47 in Acts 2, it says, And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Um, parents and adults, um, there's something that's been stirring in our student ministry for a long, long time. And I use them an example as an example because I see it every day. And I just I'm in awe of what God is doing. But look, high schoolers, I'm just using the high schoolers as an example, who can drive, who choose to be in church on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night and and drive to someone's house on a Thursday to be together. That kind of stuff does not happen just because they want to hang out. It doesn't happen just because they like each other. Let me tell you, that stir group and that salt group, they are so diverse. They go to three different schools. Many of them don't hang out on the daily, on the regular. But they are family. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit of God in them and working and stirring and moving in their lives. And it replicates itself over and over. And the Lord adds to their number daily. I see it. You guys are living out Acts chapter 2. Continue that. Just so we're clear, the Holy Spirit is the centerpiece of Christ-centered community. It's not just the set of beliefs that we all can agree upon. It's deeper than that. When you have a Holy Spirit connection with a brother or sister in Christ and you do life with them and you start, start thinking about and talking over the things of God and the things unseen and the mysteries of God and who he is and how good he is and what he's done and what he will do. That kind of stuff replicates itself over and over and over. And then it stops becoming about attendance. It's becoming something much deeper than that. Lastly, community. I want you to hear this is for everyone Communities for everyone you see I, I'm, a, um, I'm a history geek I watch History Channel a lot my, my, my family makes fun of me because I'm like the only one that wants to watch that. maybe Carson wants to watch sometimes but Discovery Channel, Animal Planet that kind of stuff I love that and, and a few years ago I saw this special on wolves wolves they're like that's, you know that's pretty interesting. yeah, they, they, they kill things and they eat them. What's, what's interesting about wolves? Well, wolves run in packs. Wolves run in packs. Not because they want to, because let's, let me tell you an alpha in that wolf pack, he will kill anyone in that pack to protect the pack. It's not just because they like each other they're vicious they'll turn on each other if something if one of their own inside threatens but what happens is is the strength of that pack is the wolf and the strength of the wolf is the pack they run in packs the strongest alpha can leave the pack and guess what will happen will he survive no Within a few days, weeks, he'll be dead. Not because he's not strong, but his strength is in the pack. And I thought, that is a God-given reality check and a a perfect illustration of what Christ-centered community does. We run in packs. See, what the devil wants, what your enemy wants, is to isolate you, to get you away from Christ-centered community. Because then... We're all toast. Don't let anything stand in the way of you and Christ-centered community. Because I'm telling you, you can sit in your room and read your Bible and pray all day long. It doesn't do the same thing as Christ-centered community, as being together. It doesn't. It doesn't. All those things are great. You should have, you should, that should, I should have a discipline of that in my life. That should be a part of my life. Without the word of God, I'm, there's, there's no hope. Without prayer, there's no hope. They go hand in hand. But the next component that has to be there is Christ-centered community. So i ask you this this morning. Where do, where, what does that look like for you? Think about it. Where does that look, what does that, what is Christ-centered community in your life? What, what role does it play in your life? Because I, It wasn't always a priority for me. Even as a growing Christian, I never thought about it quite like I do now. You know what opened my eyes? Seeing teenagers give their heart to Jesus and never turn back. Seeing them desire to be together because they know the strength of the wolf is the pack. And the strength of the pack is the wolf. See, I can be kind of a lone wolf. Cause I'm, you know, I'm confident in my ability to sustain my own life. I'm confident in my ability to do things my way and I'm be just fine. See, my parents used to tell me, and I, I don't, I love being around people, but my t- parents will tell these stories every now and again. And it just seems like there's someone else that they're talking about. They say when I played, when I was younger, I didn't have to have anybody else to play with. I was just fine on my own not that I couldn't play with other kids I had two siblings, two younger siblings and I learned to share and all that stuff but I didn't really have, didn't need anybody I'm the kid that would go off to camp for two weeks and not call his parents once my brother is the kid who to this day will call my mama five times a day brown noser good job made me look bad family issues I'm the kid that would isolate himself and be just fine with that where are you this morning where are you what is Christ centered community what role does it play in your life because I'm telling you you can think we can think that you know signing a connection card at the porch community church on a Sunday make us feel pretty good because we did our our (laughs) do it's more than that it's more than that. Are you surrounding yourself and doing life with people who have Jesus in common, who have the Holy Spirit and his power in common? God is a communal God. God is a relational God. And God desires deep, meaningful relationships and fellowship for you. On the daily, on the daily, long gone are the days where you you, you came to church on a Sunday morning and you saw your church friends ne- the next week, long gone are those days. Because in the world the way it is now, if we're not rooted and grounded in Christ-centered community, we've got very little hope of making a difference and seeing this world transformed for Christ. Transformation best happens in the context of community. So who do you need to invite this morning in, into community? Who do you need to invite into Christ-centered community? Not just the church, like Shannon said this a few weeks ago. We're not inviting people to church. We're inviting them into a living, loving relationship with a living God who loved them and gave, gave himself up for them. We're inviting them into something deeper than church attendance. We're inviting them into transformative, um, sustaining power that only comes from the Lord Jesus. That's it. That's what we're inviting him to. That's what we're inviting them to. So, what I want you to do is, as we pray, I want you, I want you to bow your heads real quick, and we're going to pray, and we're going to move to a time of communion. Um, CJ Harp is going to come, and as we transition to communion, but what I, what I want, what I want is, is, is for all of us to, to as we, as we pray and we move to time of communion, I want us to think about those names, those people that are in our lives those people that are in our vicinity every day that we know they desperately need Christ-centered community. Father, we love you. We're thankful for this community. We're thankful for this family. We thank you for the gift of, of, of grace that is each other. And we're, we thank you that we know that and we, and we rely on each other second only to you. So we thank you that We're better together. And we know that. And I pray that we would begin to live that out in our lives. And as we come to the table, the invitation to the table is one of the sweetest invitations. It is the sweetest invitation. Because Christ is inviting us into relationship with him. The body and the blood of Christ poured out and broken for us. So today I pray that we would take full advantage of the table where we're all invited. Jesus, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for community. Thank you that we get to be a part of it. And I pray that we would have a deep desire for others to be a part of it as well. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.